Hey there, conductors. If you've ever felt that you're not quite sure what to do next when you're studying a score, maybe you don't even know where to start with a difficult piece. Maybe you study one piece too much and then you realize at the first rehearsal that you don't know another one well enough. Or maybe you're a new conductor and you don't know what score study is. I'm excited to share that I'm finally publishing and sharing my score study checklist. I've been refining this for 12 years now, and I'm so excited to share it. It is going to walk you through my structure, my process to make sure that I learn every score that I need to learn well enough and so that nothing falls through the cracks. So it covers everything that you need to know. There's a link in the show notes. Go ahead and click it, sign up, and you'll get that score study checklist sent right to your email. You'll also get access to an eight-minute video of me explaining what each section is and how I use it to organize all the music that I need to learn. It's only eight minutes, so it's not going to take you a whole hour to learn how to study better, how to put up a process for your score study and how to make sure that nothing is falling through the cracks. So again, click the link in the show notes, and I hope to see you soon. Now, please enjoy this episode of Podium Time. Give my computer a second to shut down. Let it do its stuff. Scoo-dooba-dooba-doo. Scabby-wabby-wadoo. La-da-da-da-da-da. Am I popping? Nope. You sound great. Good. Good. Um, That's our biggest challenge right now. Um, also, it's <laughs> as soon as you say that, you start of popping. Of course, of course. Um, also, it's finally winter because it snowed last night, like pretty heavy in Colorado. Not like yeah, I saw that debilitatingly heavy, but I almost froze my fingers off um, scraping the ice off of Sarah's car this morning. Oh, you're such a good boyfriend. I know. Why would I not? What are you talking about? Of course, I'm going to help scrape the ice off her car. I think I'm just gonna. <laughs> so here's the question. What? Here's the question. What? 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 Are you better at scraping with your right hand or your left hand? So what I do is I hold the um, the the end of the scraper, the hand side of the scraper is in my right hand. My left hand holds the scraper as kind of a balance point, and then I push with both hands. With most of the strength going through the right hand and the um, and the kind of aiming going through the left hand. You know, you could just get a place with a garage like me, we and have, then you don't have to worry about we it. We have garages here, but it's an extra, like, $120 a month, and we have two cars, and... Uh, yeah, so we don't have garages. That would add up. <laughs> yeah, that would add up. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's not Christmas, but it sure looks like it outside here in Colorado. Um, welcome to Podium Time. We're going to be talking about um, perhaps the worst and most obvious problem that many young conductors have that I would say I still struggle with when I look at my videos. Um, I know Luke struggles with this. We talked about it earlier. And that Oh, is... okay. You just calling me I'm out? Just, you just, just calling me out right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, I sent you the list of topics to talk about and you said, oh yeah, I'm bad at that one. So, I, <laughs> um, and and so, if you haven't guessed what it is yet, it's left hand independence, or not mirroring, or however you want to look at it. Um, basically, you can tell there are a number of ways when you look at a conductor that you can tell they're new. Um, one of them tends to be, um, you know, mirroring for the entire piece, or just just doing whatever. Um, it's it's pretty clear, um, at least to me, when I watch conductors, which ones have left hand independence and which do not. So we're just going to chat about this today, um, why it's important, 
and then a couple of ways to practice it. So Luke, why is left-hand independence important? It's just another way of communicating what you want, but you can do it at the same time as you're doing something else. So you're like essentially musically bilingual. That's not the answer I expected, but yeah, yeah. And in in a, you know, in a bunch of different ways, you know, it's it's one more expressive tool or, you know, I mean, the basics are cueing, crescendos, decrescendos, whatever you whatever you want to um, use it as. But, you know, it's very if if something happens in the music that that really necessitates it, it's pretty nice to stop conducting with your right and just conduct with your left. There was a um, let's see, I saw Dvorak eight that that brett mitchell was conducting and and there was this the only moment that i remember like clearly clearly from the concert is um there's this soft flute thing or whatever somewhere in them i don't i don't remember it's something soft and brett he he leaned against the back rail with his right hand and he just like conducted a little bit with his left hand and it just so um it emphasized the change in character that had just happened um and so that's something you can do. You can show differences in character. You can really um, overemphasize what's happening in the music. And that, you know, he was he was changing the way the music, the musicians were, were doing whatever they were doing. But then it also really emphasized how different that moment was and how special it was in the in the music for me as an audience member. And it was just so cool. Um, yeah, so... You know, you have your baton in your right hand, which is on the most basic level, you know, you're beating. That's what people say. And the uh, your left hand is just a hand. You probably don't have two batons. Um, <laughs> Could you imagine <laughs> two batons? That would that would be a um, that would be a wild ride. You wouldn't be able to turn your pages. I mean, reasonably, um, you need your left hand to turn your, to turn your pages. That's a good point, too um tune your, your pages, pages yeah you got to find the a and <laughs> adjust your pages um and especially if you're conducting without a baton this may be nice because then you know you're not just literally mirroring for the entire time anyway there are a lot of reasons why you want to have a competent left hand some books say that the left hand should be able to do everything the right hand does um but you know it just it, it adding one more hand doesn't double what you can do as a conductor, it increases it, you know, maybe it's, maybe it squares it, or maybe it, it increases it even more than that. I don't know. You decide that's numbers that don't really apply. Um, but the simple thing to say is that having left-hand independence, um, is important. Um, Luke, have you ever, have you ever worked on remedying this? I have. Um, but I, I want to hear your, your side of it first. <sighs> It's like I have usually, usually I'm still not good at it because you know what? I don't practice it enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I watch my videos or like, it's one of those things that I'll like, I'll know what I want to do. And then I'll, I'll be mid conducting and I'll realize I'll like look down and realize like my left hand's just doing nothing, <laughs> just sitting there. And I'll make that mental note of like, wow, you need to work on that. That's awful, you know? And then and then I go about my day and completely forget about it until I watch the video and it's like, oh, oh man, yeah, that's really bad. It's just 
practically doing nothing. Why don't you just cut it off and just put it away? You know, um, that honestly, I don't outside of just like trying the, the thing that I do to, to remedy it the best I can, uh, when I actually take the time to focus on it is I'll like conduct, I'll try with my right hand conducting something, uh, very pointed, very, um, no rebound, very straightforward pattern while trying to convey a completely different emotion with my left hand. Um, and then I'll switch it up where I'll try and be very smooth and legato and, uh, emotion, filled in with my right hand while my left hand does something completely different, you know, uh, maybe pointing out specific cues or something like that um, in a very pointed fashion, trying to just get that two different, uh, two completely different ideas going at the same time. And it's, yeah. it's hard. So while I, while you were, and then I know there's, Go ahead. well, there's, there's like these exercises too that Dr. Kelt. Uh, had me do my first semester that were like, okay, so with your right hand, you need to make a square. And then with your left hand, you need to make a triangle and you cannot mess that (laughs) up. And I was never, ever good at that. It's like, it's like that, that exercise, like rubbing your head and patting your stomach at the same time, but like cracked out to like a 10. Yeah. I, I understand that. I was, while you were, while you were talking, I, I tried doing like, um, like a really staccato four pattern with my right hand with a smooth left hand. And that's not too difficult for me right now. But if I reversed it and I did a staccato pattern with my left hand, it was much harder to get a legato right hand. Um, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> why I'm always jealous of left. I'm always jealous of left-handed conductors because I feel like they have like a, uh, like a heads up in our, uh, handicap over here, you know? <laughs> um, so actually, the first idea that I have um, for improving your left hand is um, just to try to improve it. Um, that may sound pretty basic, but like you said, most of the time we know it when we're conducting. Um, but then once we stop, once we go back to our study, um, we very rarely return to practicing it. Um, and, you know, there are a couple different ways to practice it, but just thinking about it, um, if if we say that mirroring is the baseline, the next step may be to um, put your left hand in your pocket or whatever and, um, you know, conduct something with just your right hand without your left hand because it's really easy to mirror. Um, and then after that, do the opposite. Um, baton or not, um, I've, done, I've practiced both, um, but put your right hand in your pocket and then practice conducting. Just do some patterns. Practice different articulations. Um, I think before you you build left hand independence, you have to build left hand competence. You know, you if you can't do a staccato articulation very well with your left hand, it doesn't matter if it's independent. You just can't do it. Um, so that may be the uh, the first step is to just practice things with just your left hand alone. And um, Larry Livingston told us to do that after that Boulder workshop. Um, he said he said twenty minutes mm-hmm. of every conducting practice. Spend twenty minutes with just your left hand, no right hand at all, just to build that skill as an individual hand. And then you'll you'll find that you can start to move it um, individually. Um, 
for putting both hands together, there's the there's the old uh, crescendo decrescendo practice where you do a a pattern in your right hand and then you try to smoothly raise your left hand in a crescendo and then a decrescendo and with young with with very green conductors, you know, you get the uh, 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 with the left hand, you kind of get that you kind of get it going with the right hand and then but then eventually you'll you'll develop that smoothness and that's really the first place to start. Do that. Do a four pattern with your right hand and do a crescendo for four beats and make it smooth with your left hand. But then what they don't tell you to do is to switch it. Do the four pattern with your left hand and and do the crescendo decrescendo with your right hand. And I still find that that's really challenging. I haven't practiced it much, but it's that's just the that's just the same skill but opposite. And one of the ways that I, I find that it's easiest to practice this is outside. You know, it's, this is one of those instances where I like to conduct two recordings because I'll find a piece that I know relatively well, probably from memory. And I'll just, instead of like focusing on cueing all these people and making sure, you know, all the small technical details are accurate, I'll just put on a recording and just try and emulate the sound that that I hear with my, with my left Mm -hmm. hand. Right. So I'll conduct with my, with my right hand and then just focus on trying to show, show the, the, the sound that I'm wanting from the left hand. And that frees up at that point, you know, you're not, you have no pages to turn. You don't have, you know, all these instrumentalists in front of you that you have to be giving cues to. It's just a time to kind of focus on pure musicality. Yeah. And that's a, that's that's an exercise that I've heard before. Um, I read it somewhere a while ago, but was to, to take a piece that you know really well and without doing any beatings, try to make gestures that create the sound. But yeah, taking that taking that pressure off, which is why it's a good reason it's a good time to do to practice this in workshops or with your own ensemble. Um, you know, don't practice when you have one rehearsal for a pops concert. Um, get through the music then. But yeah, practice, practicing at home when the pressure's low and you can and you can make those mistakes of oh that was an awkward gesture. Will it be better if I practice it or should I find something else? And that's a good way to find new gestures also. Um yeah, and and uh every articulation that you do with your right hand, uh, legato, whatever, um you can practice that with your left hand. Again, you want to build that competence and then you can build that independence afterwards. Um, we've we've talked briefly about Laban gestures in our in our discussion with with Diane Witchery. She has a bunch of really concrete examples of ways to imagine sound at different levels. Um, so let's like uh, one Laban gesture is a glide, and this is basically as if you're moving your hand over a table, um, uh, just or like you know moving your hand over or through water. Um, so, you know, practice this in different ways with your right hand, but then do the same with your left hand um, and practice those different articulations and patterns. I think it's just one of the, it's like going to the gym, you know, it's, it's you, if you know, you need <laughs> to do it. And if you go every day, you get better at it. It's just forcing yourself to actually take the time to sit down and do it. Because oftentimes I think as, you know, as young conductors, we're so focused on the score, yeah. the score study, the phrase markings, the cues, making sure our scores are appropriately ready that we neglect to think about the fact that well what about the actual physicality of conducting that you need to be doing yeah i always push that way too late in my in my preparation process um 
some some I mean I was gonna say too much score study, but there's never too much score study, but too much score study, too little physical preparation. Um, part of part of being a conductor is is getting that right hand pattern so ingrained in your body that you don't have to think about it anymore. Um, so and I think I think that's why we we our ears open up as we get as we become better conductors because being on the podium is not so um is not so scary it's not so new but then also just our physical our physical apparatus and everything is is more ingrained into our subconscious so that we can just put that on autopilot and really focus on the rest of the music um for left hand independence specifically one um i just have a couple exercises that i've done myself um uh, and and I'm, I'm not saying that I have the, the most beautiful left hand in the world, but I did find a lot more independence now. Um, let's see, one of them is I'll put a metronome on and I'll just beat basic patterns with my right hand. And then I'll walk around the house and just do things with my left. Like as I'm beating a basic pattern, I'll brush my teeth with my left hand or I'll, um, you know, if I'm cleaning up, I'll clean up with my left hand while my right hand is doing that pattern. Um, again, it's kind of putting it on autopilot. Um, another a way to kind of intensify that that I that I saw online um, once, and then I kind of did my own version of it is if you um, if you get toothpicks or cut out a bunch of pieces of paper, do the same thing with the metronome. Put put a metronome on with your right hand and practice beating, and then use the little slips of paper to spell your name. Um, so that you're doing some, you're doing two completely different things and it's awkward at first. And as you get better at it, you can do, you know, legato first beat, staccato second beat or whatever. You can mix that up and then switch it. So put the baton or not in your left hand and then beat with the metronome and spell things with your right hand. And again, you're kind of tricking your brain into putting one on autopilot so you can focus on the other one and kind of building in these backwards, um, connections that you're, you know, that your body is not going to be used to, to doing at the same time. I think that conducting itself is just kind of an awkward thing <laughs> yeah. that you just kind of have to do over and over again until it doesn't feel awkward anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and and then eventually it feels natural until all of a sudden you have to do something new and you have to put this new – it's like plugging in the next awkward, uh, awkward outlet and uh, – <laughs> Soaking up all that energy until you figure out what's next, and then you just plug in the next one. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, and a lot of it comes with experience, but you a lot of it also comes from actually sitting down. So you know, um, add some left hand independence to your practicing. Um, do what Larry Livingston said. I've been bad about implementing it, but that's because I don't practice physical conducting nearly enough, and I I know that that's a flaw in my preparation. Um, but you know, dedicate some time. Um, Luke mentioned going to the gym, and I. I, I agree with that um, because if you go to the gym and even if you have no idea what you're, what you're doing, if you do something, it's still going to help a little bit. Um, so even if you go in without a plan, um, you know, you're going to improve your left hand independence a little bit. Um, but just just doing it is, is getting to it. Um, another tip I thought of, and I know maybe maybe Luke will disagree with me. Um, but maybe he will agree with me is if you're a wind or brass player um, playing like piano or a string instrument or percussion, um, 
it may be a very good way to improve that because um, I, I see with players, with wind and brass players, whenever they were learning string techniques, um, they just had a really hard time um, coordinating a different thing in the left hand and the right hand at the same time. Um, and and I feel like I feel like pianists always have a, an easy time um, with their left hand, right hand doing different things at the same time for the same reason that they're they're doing different things at 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 the same time. What do you think, Luke? I mean, yes, I know. <clears throat> See, the string playing for me, taking cello lessons was more beneficial for me to just understand more. Um, the bow movements of you know the steady constant speed of the bow that's required for you know certain sounds um that helped me as far as like kind of understanding what kind of gestures to show for certain sounds that i wanted from the strings i don't know that it i would say it really helped my left hand independence all that much though but i guess that might be because i've played piano for so long before i did cello lessons that like having my left and right hand doing different things i mean it was difficult learning the cello was one of the hardest <laughs> things i ever pretended to do because uh, <laughs> i never learned it i oh god it was bad uh but um i tried so hard <laughs> um but yeah it, i actually you know I think it, uh, playing a string instrument is probably more difficult than the piano when it comes to that aspect of things. Just because, you know, unless you're doing something really, you know, for the most part as on the piano, you're going to be playing the same style in both hands. Most of the time, not all the time, at least, you know, unless you're doing some weird stuff but you know for the most most part the character of the piece isn't going to be different in two different you know in each hand whereas with a string instrument it was so much more difficult because you know your left hand never really changes right your left hand is always moving to a different place for each note um and you just have to be aware of like the speed of your vibrato and uh, making sure your fingers are in the right, right place um, and your shifts are good and all that. Uh, but then the, the right hand is what I had the most difficult time with just because of all the other, the c- consistent bow speed and the pressure and what are you playing with flat hair? Are you playing on the side with less flat hair? Like, God, there's so many issues. <laughs> <laughs> String playing's hard, okay? <laughs> yeah, and I still work on those issues. Um, I'd be interested to hear from some choral conductors who, you know, usually conduct without a without a baton. Um, just what, how, how hand independence? Because I feel like it would be even more important in um, in that field because the tendency is to usually not use a a baton. Um, just curious. So any choral conductors listening, um, leave us a comment on the uh, on the Facebook page, and I'd love to um, love to have a quick discussion about that. Because um, I know in, in orchestral conducting, you can you know you can you can get as far as you want without ever using your left hand. Um, um, but at least I kind of um, immediately. Uh, maybe not maybe not judge, but I know when I'm when I'm watching my own videos and I realize that I'm that I'm mirroring a lot. I, I kind of say, okay, Jeremy, let's, let's, 
let's maybe be a little bit more creative or um while we were studying at bard it was it was very much like what is your left hand doing why is it doing the same thing or either either put it down or 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 you know actually do something with it because mirroring doesn't actually accomplish anything you know it just kind of gets in the way really yeah, it adds it adds more. And then if you're mirroring and you try and you and you do something with your left hand, it doesn't really matter that much, um, because you had your hand up there anyway. Um, a lot, of, a lot of I think students just don't know what to do with their left hand. And like we said earlier, putting it in your pocket, or my Wes Kenny actually puts it up again up onto his chest, which I've started doing now. Um, to just like have it nearby, but not actually mirroring with the rest of the body. Um, somebody asked me if I was trying to say, look at me once. Um, and I said, no, I'm literally just resting it up there. Um, but that, that's something, to, <laughs> that's something to consider. Um, yeah. When, like I said earlier, practice just conducting with one hand, put the other one away. That's kind of the first step um, to, to, to growing that vocabulary is, is, forcing your hands to do different things um, again so that when you do do something it means something you always also don't have to keep the beat in your right hand you can you can stop beating with your right hand put your hand down and just use your left hand I find that's you know very effective because the players at least when I'm doing it suddenly go okay that's just one hand and it looks cool in videos so that's another tip. <laughs> You always want to look cool in your videos. Take that back to the uh, um, audition when we were talking about your audition. Make sure you look cool in your videos because that's going to get you the job. Well, actually, I'm one of one of the videos that I'm using right now. Actually, almost like the second measure of the video, I stop the right hand moving and only use my left hand, and I think it looks pretty cool. So don't make fun of me, Luke. <laughs> All right. So in general, well, you just just got to do it. Work on. Um, I, I I just want to emphasize what I said earlier is before you build independence, you have to build competence, and that comes from just practicing with your left hand. Because all of us right-handed people, our left hand's kind of like our pinky. It's kind of like the stupid hand, and you gotta you gotta work on it. You just gotta train it. Because for most people, it's just not as good. And if you want it, if you want to do something with it, um, it needs to be able to do it in the first place. Not even considering that there's another hand doing something else to get in the way. And every, every, every conducting book has a couple exercises for that. So, you know, I don't think there's any one exercise that's perfect. All of them are going to help. Um, so unfortunately the advice is kind of just to do it. Um, but yeah, just, (laughs) just, just Just do it. it. And I got to do it. I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't practice the actual conducting enough. I spend, I think, too much of my energy on studying and I save the conducting for like the very last minute if I even get to practicing it at all. Um, but the physical gesture is kind of what we're doing. Um, so get that in your body, get those, get those patterns. in. um, I conduct in the car a lot when I'm traveling. Oh God, I conduct in the car all the time. Uh, I think, I think the people on the way to Sedalia must think I'm crazy. I, <laughs> cause I'm literally always conducting. <laughs> I remember when and I was, I'm like, I, pa- I passed them and I'm like, I'm not mad at you. I'm not waving my hands at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's smaller. It's 
I remember uh, right when I started conducting, I was I was conducting with my right hand in the car and I looked in my mirror and I saw the guy behind me in the car like doing the same thing and kind of making fun of me. And I was just like, bro, I'm conducting. Stop it. I'm like, I'm like 17. Stop. <laughs> uh, no, I was older than 17, but I don't remember how. Anyway, that's 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 beside the point. Um, I wanted to emphasize um, Luke's advice to conduct to a recording also and just work on the sound um, for pulling those, you know, pulling the timing, pulling the ensemble out um, and just practice being expressive or practice you know, molding the sound without really molding the sound. Um, but yeah, just practice. You just, you, you, you kind of just got to put the time in and focus on it and make it a priority. All right. All right. And with that, we'll I think practice. every single one of these discussions is going to end with us going, all right. <laughs> Cause we just wait till it goes silent. And then we, uh, it's snowing even more now. It stopped for a while, but now it's snowing more. All right. All right. Okay. Until next time. Until next time. <laughs> we'll see you next week on Podium Time. Please, um, please send us some comments. Send us an email um, if you have any, if you have anything to add or take away from this, um, from this discussion. And uh, happy practicing. Go work on your left hand or your right hand. Either one, both of them are very important for conducting. Just practice. Yes. Yeah. Just practice. <laughs>